Yo, greetings, good morning, good evening, and welcome to December. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Black, a weekly discussion on blackness. I'm your host, Justice is out and about, so we're gonna bring him back a little later on. So today we got something a little different. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a little discussion like we did last week. Uh, I know last week it was just me and Mutar. We was talking about uh, the Muslim faith and how it relates, and so we're gonna do a little differently. Also with one of my oldest, I think I met him way back in 1996 or 98 whichever one but today's guest is dr eric turner psychologist professor pastor performer my brother my special and last but not least i guess the lead singer of the harlem voices who is currently touring in italy is that did i get that right man you got it all right. I, That's enough said, right there. <laughs> I got it all down. And as I said, this show is going to be a little different today. We're going to talk about blackness on a worldwide or global scale. So and we're also going to talk. Uh, we're going to give this viewpoint from Eric um, because he is and he has been touring touring for a long while. And he's also um, and we're going to talk about this in our third segment. He, he's also following in a long line of black individuals that were born here in these Americas and then found some solace and some respect and whatever have you in overseas um, to where it's a, it's a different type of view. So that's where we're going to start, or actually that's where we're going to go later on in our third segment. But before we get in, get too far, man, go ahead and uh, tell, I mean, for real, man, I've been knowing you for some years, dude. And just tell us how you got here, because when I met you, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, man. I squandered my years <laughs> at University of Akron, and I didn't know the gems that I had at University of Akron. I didn't learn what I what I missed out at at University of Akron, because I know you was a part of when I got there. You, yeah. I, I believe you had crossed by that time. So you are oh, a yeah. member of Alpha. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to get it right. <laughs> You're going to stutter on that part? No, no, no. Because I, what I didn't want to do, <laughs> what I didn't want to do, I'll, what I didn't want to do was, was mess, because I'm so used to saying it with my wife, because, you know, she's a, she's an AKA. Uh-huh. And so I, I just wanted to make sure uh, I stopped. That middle name right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Is that correct? Yes, all right, man. <laughs> so I wanted to, because I'm so, right. like I said, I'm so used to saying it with her. And so when I met you, by that time, you was also, you was that, you you had crossed by that time. You was a member of the Delta Gents at that time. You was also a sure. member of the Gospel Choir, the NAACP. So in other words, you've been, you've been this new thing that these new cats are calling woke for a long time. Sure. And, <laughs> and I, like I said, I've, I remember certain aspects of our relationship, me and you, and, and how we met each other and some of the things that I watch you uh, be a part of from afar. So I just want to um, give you proper due because you have always been a dude that I've always been close to. We're, we share the same numbers, that five club, but sure. you, you've yes, always sir. been accessible while you're going through this journey because, as I stated, you're a doctor now. You're a P, you have a PhD in psych, psychology, but you're doing a, you're singing now. So tell us how you got there. Um, the, the the quick answer to give <laughs> is uh, literally this this is the way I, I share it with with uh, individuals, specifically my students at NYU. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that in this life, we have all been born with a purpose. We've all been born with that that it factor mm-hmm. inside of us mm-hmm. that thing that we do that i call the destination 
but on your route to destination, you need an occupation. You got to right. pay the bills. Exactly. And so, uh, <laughs> me being a psychologist, me being a professor at NYU and, and any of the other attributes that you named off uh, on my resume, that was a part of my occupation. My mm-hmm. destination, my purpose in being in this, this world is definitely to be on the stage. Cool. And cool. so I have learned how to navigate both. And, and, and when you get to the place in your life, and, and I don't want to go too deep too quickly, but when you oh, get to cool. the place of, in your life, when you can answer this question, any student that has ever sat in my classroom, been in my lecture hall class, uh, first day of class, I have them take out this piece of paper, write their name at the top of the paper and answer this question. What question does your life answer? Hmm. Mm-hmm. What question does your life answer? And when you can come up with that answer, you will never work another day in your life hmm. uh, because you will not spend time erroneously sowing seeds, you know, here and there doing this or uh, doing that but you'll go directly in the pathway that you were created to operate in. And so I've always known that I wanted to be an entertainer, that I wanted to do entertainment, that I wanted to be on stage. By the time I met you, Mm -hmm. uh, and all of this, and I'm still 28, just go figure. By by the time (laughs) I met you... Right. By the time I met you, I believe that I was already the faculty advisor uh-huh. uh, for the Black Greek Council. Yeah, or by yeah. the time you and I be, became close or mm-hmm. really started um, associating with one another. Um, and so even then, I knew that I always wanted to be an entertainer, that I wanted to entertain the world. Uh, and But by the grace of God, I have had that opportunity to do that several times over, working with some of the greatest artists, in my opinion, of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and having along the way some mentors that helped to navigate me beyond the pitfalls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that took them out. Gotcha. But they, gotcha. they were able to recover from. Right. And so that's that's the short version of, right. of the the answer. But yeah, I've hey, always man. known that I wanted to entertain. And I've been I, I've been following uh, following you since I've been on social media, man. You you're always dancing, you're always smiling, you're always laughing, you're always singing, and that's the idea of this thing that it everybody want to be like, oh, I love it. I'm living my best life, but not yes, everybody sir. understands how that works and how to get there. I and you truly, you have truly, gotten there. Truly am. So I, I truly am. No I, pre- I appreciate that, man. I pre- So before we get we get to, because uh, we only got but so many, I, I want to give a shout out to your, uh, uh, um, where, where you at? A cafe, where you at? Give a shout out uh, to them. Greco Enjoy in, in Roma, Roma, Italy. There you so go. Bienvenuti, bienvenuti uh, to Greco and for allowing me to do this inside of the cafe. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so before we get there, so we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the global aspect of blackness. And um, for those that listen, they know that we talk about blackness and we spotlight blackness. So we're gonna talk a little bit about a global aspect. But before we get there, and, and as we do, our first segment is always about when did you become aware of that blackness. So what I want you to do. Um, because I know that you've listened to all 28 episodes. No, I'm just kidding, because this is the 28. At least but- five of them. <laughs> so, before, what I want to know is, when did you become aware of your blackness in America? Oh, sir, this is this is where I became apprehensive of even doing this. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, because those that know me specifically, you know, at the University of Akron and Cleveland area. It took me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I could do a whole comedy show 
<laughs> on how I I never knew that I was black, and and people may think that that is just as crazy as it sounds, uh-huh. but. Brother, hear me well when I tell you there were, I want to say it was in eighth grade okay, uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. that, well, I can't, it wasn't even really then, <laughs> but, 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 but I will share, it was in the eighth grade uh-huh. that I realized I, that's when I really started seeing color. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's about uh, what? So eighth grade is about, so five, so that's 13, around 13. Around, around that time. Yeah. Uh, and there's a movie that I can't call the name of it mm-hmm. uh, right right now, but it's it's a great movie depicting what I'm seeing in my life. Okay, um, where everything was in black and white, mm-hmm. and so their eyes became open, and then everything went into color. And mm-hmm. I know I'll think of it afterwards. Okay, uh, but that's in the eighth grade is when I realized, and I don't want to you know put any races or mm. or or <laughs> colors out there. I just never really knew. And it's amazing um, because because we've had really we've had people on this show quite frequently and they give like we've had people from down south, we have people that was born overseas and whatnot. And they everyone gives their different aspect. Now you're from Cleveland. We're from the same area. We went to the yes. same college, right? Yes. And that idea of blackness, you're telling me that it thirteen thirteen years of your life it wasn't there until it became a notice. Now, when you say that notice part, was it a hammer or was it a soft velvet rope? <laughs> soft velvet. It, it was. Glove. It was a hammer. It was, it a, was hammer. a hammer. Okay. And the way it hit me, you, I, I just, you know, all of my friends were mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. All of my friends were white. Uh, I, I, I mean, I had, you know, a few blacks on side, but and 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 sadly. I felt like I'm, I'm about to free somebody and listening to this show because okay. I felt like I had to have different faces for different groups. Mm. I grew up mm-hmm. in, in Cleveland Heights, University Heights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, which is a predominantly Jewish community. Correct. And so I had a lot of friends that were Jewish. I, I remember sitting my parents down asking them, can I convert? Right. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Brother, I'm telling you, this, I could get a whole comedy <laughs> show going. Okay. I asked my parents, could I convert <laughs> to Judaism? I wanted to become now my, Jewish because now, my, now my mind you, wait, friends, wait, wait. Now mind you, this is a, this is. Are we talking Baptist? Are we? What are we talking? What denomination of Christianity are we I talking was born, on? This? Born and bred Baptist. <laughs> but 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 see, watch the way that that my mind worked. The movie is called Pleasantville. Okay, got Pleasant you, Field. got you, got you. Um, but but the way my mind worked, I always equivalated trouble mm-hmm. with the color black. Mm, see, that's that. And, oh. and I'm, I'm just being transparent. No, 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 no. That's that's real right there. I always equivalated like, oh, these people are always in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and so I transferred out mm-hmm. of the uh, public school. I went to Catholic school first and then right. I went to public school. Right. And then public school, I begged my parents to allow me to go to this private school mm-hmm. in Orange. It's called Orange Christian Academy. It's called Orange Christian Academy yep. now. I know it's where it is. It's called Baptist Christian mm-hmm. back in the day. And so I went to Baptist Christian because, you know, my white friends went there. Right. And, you know, the way I sold it to my parents was like, you know, I just want to get closer to the Lord. Right. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to get closer to the Lord. And so I really feel like this community, this environment, my father would just look at me like, 
I don't know who this boy is. <laughs> you know, this environment will help me grow closer to the Lord. And they allowed me to go out there for my eighth grade year. Mm-hmm. And it was there. And, and I really want to be transparent because I really mm-hmm. want to help somebody. It was there that I realized that white folks were just as crazy as black people. Right. That's when my eyes, <laughs> that's when my eyes became open. Mm-hmm. It, it was at Baptist Christian that year. And I said, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> like, my whole world has been Boy. destroyed now. So it was an uh, actual hammer. Reality. So you definitely had that hammer. Oh, it was a hammer. It but, was absolutely a hammer. But because of my associations, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, I could be with my white friends out at Baptist right, Christian. Right. But I was also, uh, you know, in Singing Angels. I don't know right. if you're familiar I remember, with that. Right, I remember Angels. you telling me that. Right. I, was, I was in Cleveland Singing Angels. And I had my white friends there, you know. But wow. I also had some black friends as well. But when I went to church, mm-hmm. now I got to be black. Yes. <laughs> you know. And but brother, but that's not bad though. That's me crazy. <laughs> no. Drove, listen, you're de- you're you're creating yeah. a cycle of schizophrenia. <laughs> trying but, to trying well, to wait, do wait, 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 wait. Now I now I get that. I get and I'm with you on that. And 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 I because you're a mental health provider, I'm a mental health provider, and we know that our I, our identity in between a zero and 16 is where things become solidified. It's crucial. And so that I, that idea that you're going through the mindset and you got this schizophrenic of switching faces is actually something that most black people talk about right now. Never mix. (laughs) Never mix. Like my, my friends from school could not go to church and people from church show can go to singing angels. What'd you say? You got that, you got that divide. Oh my goodness. I I would be on the phone with one. Like, you know, hi, how are you? Like, Oh my God. Right. quickly broke me out of using the word like oh he said, he said brother don't you say the word i mean he didn't say brother i use right. that language he, right he said listen don't you say the word like no more because yeah. everything out of my mouth would be like like hi like <laughs> hi like 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 and wow next thing i know i was picking my face up off the floor yeah yeah, yeah. he slapped me so hard yeah <laughs> and i never said the word like <laughs> He said, let that roll because he understood. Now, I told you, don't say that word no more. So the second part of that question, because like I said, between the ages of six, uh, zero and 16 is really when your personality at 13 is really there. That middle school is right where yes, it's sir. there, right before you get to high school. How do you think that affected your identity all the way up until possibly until I met you? Retrospectively speaking. Yeah. Now I would say it served me. Oh, okay. Then okay. I didn't know what I was going to do uh, because, <laughs> you know, Cleveland Heights University Heights is, is literally a microcosm of this that world. It is. it is a melting pot. That it is. Um, that it is. And you're going to see every type of race, creed, you know, religion up, up in that one uh, high school, huge mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. And um, it served me well because it taught me how to navigate through life. Gotcha. And be a social amphibian. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. I, I didn't receive it as that right. during the eighth grade, but but even going through college, mm-hmm. it it taught me how you know I could be in the student center because you know that was our man up on each step. Like like what's up? Like what's up, man? Right. And I can see somebody like hi, how are you? You have to know how to right. be that social amphibian. And for those that's clueless on what an amphibian is, like a frog, <laughs> you know, a frog can live in water and live right. in, in, on, on land and know how to adapt to where they are. Do you, and I do you think feel, that is crucial. do you feel as though you had any blind spots during that time? Like some things that you were missing out of 
because of the mindset that you had as it relates to, to your blackness? Uh, did I miss out on anything? Well, just that, uh, honestly, that cognitive, because being black in America is, an, is a cognitive structure. Cognitive structure. <laughs> right. And so that, so, <laughs> so as you're moving through the world, you're still, so although you view yourself as uh, mono or, you know, we're all one race or non or whatever have you. And looking at you, if, if anyone looks at you, you're six foot three. Is that right? About right? Yes, you're six correct. foot three, black Brother, man. You can do your research. I, don't ask me. Show you my stuff. Show you my stuff right there. You do your research. Bro. You are a black man. You're you're. I'm 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 extremely light. You know, to where in the sixties, twenties, or whatever, I could pass as someone. You know, if sure. if that you can't do that, right? So sure. the story that you're actually telling is more comparable to someone of my skin tone or melanin let's sure, look at sure. that it's vastly different so there's a lot of there i had a lot of blind spots but i put him you know i come forth and i i deal with those and now i look back retrospect like wow i missed that i missed that retrospectfully those blind spots do you think that they affected where you are and how you got to this this location of your life i, 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 will, I will answer it like this could it have it could have but mm-hmm. I, I did not even allow that. Gotcha. You know, I I am the one. I used to always someone. He's now passed away, and I mm-hmm. will keep him nameless at mm-hmm. this point. In Akron, mm-hmm. used to always call me a rebel. Okay, and I took that identity as I'm a rebel. Everywhere I go, I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. But then someone else woke me up in Harlem, mm-hmm. and she told me, "You're not a rebel. You're a maverick." Mm-hmm. And that changed mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, yeah, I'm, it's not my intention. To be rebellious, right. but it is my intention to do things different from everyone else. And, and you know, gotcha. we can just put it out there again, being transparent, mm-hmm. being very open mm-hmm. in this. Brother, I know out of everyone you remember from Akron, right. I probably was the most different. Right. And, and I said <laughs> where, where I took that as a badge of shame. Right. Then, right. I celebrate it right, now right. because we were not made to fit into a group. We weren't made to fit into a collective right. uh, environment. I actually just released a song out of Austria dealing with this right. uh, this topic right, right here. Right, right, right. Uh, and anyone that's that's trying to label you in a group, grouping based on your skin color, grouping based on your uh, past, grouping based in, even on your DNA, exactly. you're limiting your potential. Exactly. And that I would not allow. So I can't say that uh, I was blindsided. And even if I was, I didn't even know. Right, right. What I think was even better. Right. Um, I didn't even recognize it because, I, you know, no is not an option for me. Right. And uh, being set aside is not an option for me. And I always felt like I had to be, and this is during our days at college, I always right. felt like I had to be three steps ahead. Right of everybody else and and that in itself has served me well mm, mm. Uh, in my life at this point all right so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back and we're gonna jump into our topic as it as it relates because so <clears throat> excuse me given given your history given your past your present and your future you are the perfect person to talk about this and when i selected when i asked you to do this you was like ah, i was like well i believe that you are that you are the person and so given that one piece of your story that i did not know it fits perfectly as we're moving forward into this topic so, i didn't know i was black that one yeah, yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> and how it serves people that will watch or listen to this show that knew me at Akron, and, they, and they're just gonna shake their head because that is a point of comedy <laughs> Wherever I go, people, I'm like, well, I didn't know I was black. Yeah, I, I just thought I was as white as white. 
<laughs> well, we gonna take a quick break. We, you're listening to Unapologetically Black. Welcome back. This is Unapologetically Black. I'm your host. On the line, we got Doctor Eric B. Turner. What's the B stand for? I never knew that. Brother and the world stand for still brother. Wonders. Okay. <laughs> stand for brother, but no. Still wants to know. So we're going to jump into this topic, and like I said uh, on the other side of that break, I didn't know. I I knew from 1996, 98, all the way up until now, everything previous to that as it relates to eric i didn't know so it's great that this individual is going to be here talking about it because i selected you for this because of your 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 talents one and secondly because you are one of the few people that i know personally that are traveling the world doing things so let's get let's get into it let's jump right into it so in in this thing we call this little globe we call um uh, earth there are far more people of color than there are people of none right and so theoretically if you if you follow genealogy and you look at it from a dna aspect everybody came from africa and then sure. as we began to go out so but but as we do in america or as we do within we separate people into into categories now what i what i want to know specifically looking at it from your standpoint and and what you are observing how is that idea of blackness different? And I, I know that's a, a big question. Different, or what are you finding most different as it relates to your travels overseas with respect to your blackness? Because you look black. I don't look black. You look black. I, I just, I, and I hate to say this because it's never my intention to develop enemies, mm -hmm. uh, but I know this statement is going to develop. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm okay with it, you know, as, as, uh, P.T. Barnum said, mm -hmm. if, you know, you can say whatever you want to say about me. Just spell my name right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You, you know, I don't you, 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 you keep emphasizing that, you know, it's not that I can hide that I'm black or, mm -hmm. you know, it's readily seen that I'm black. But I don't that's not the first thing I see mm -hmm. when I look in the mirror. That's mm -hmm. not the first thing that just jumps out at me that I'm black. Uh, what I've noticed here in Europe, uh, this go round, this is my third tour to Europe this year, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm touring seven countries this time. And what I notice is number one, uh, there is a growing issue. I deliberately would not say the word problem. There's a growing mm -hmm. issue within the European countries of people escaping from African countries. Right, right. And, and they're usually uh, finding their way into Europe through Italy. So there are a lot mm -hmm. of Africans here. Uh, but one thing that I have noticed, and people have told me, now we, we clearly can see the difference mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> between someone that is African and, and someone that is from the United States. Mm -hmm. Our skin complexions look the same. There are some that are lighter Mm -hmm. uh, than me so it's not in that but it's in the way i carry myself gotcha. that they know oh he's not from africa he's he's absolutely not from africa okay uh but the second thing is uh, uh one of my quotes is go where you're celebrated mm -hmm. go where your gifts are appreciated but for god's sake please go where you're compensated gotcha uh, yeah which you is got why that right. i'm always here in europe uh because they celebrate me especially when i'm when i when i tell you that I don't know how they find out because I'm not one that posts, you know, oh, going to the airport mm -hmm, or, you mm -hmm. know, just land. I don't do all of that. I don't need you to know where all, all of what I'm doing at every given moment of the day. Right. 
but they somehow know and they will be at that airport no matter what airport I'm coming to and I'm signing autographs and I'm taking pictures because I am celebrated. I am really a star here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I love it. I love that. I, I love that I can walk down the streets and people are asking for my autograph or people are right. asking uh, to take pictures. With I love that. I love that. Go back, that, go back to uh, your first point though, because your for, yes. because what I, what I don't want to do is make this a political discussion or, sure, or activist sure, discussion, sure, sure. but I do want to make it a personal discussion because your first point was very salient because not only here in America, are we having struggles with immigrants and the way that the powers that be are viewing it. But for years since uh, the early nineties, you know, they, uh, Europe has been, uh, having struggles with individuals seeking asylum from Rwanda, from Sierra Leone, from all these areas, even Egypt, all these South Africa, all these areas by which the individuals were being killed, you know, Zaire, uh, Somalia. And they've been having struggles with that idea of, of allowing people of color, or should I say African descent, into their their borders. Now, yes. when you when you say when you say that when people look at you and care and and you carry yourself differently, are you witnessing some of the similar things that you see in America over there oh, as it relates to Africans? Uh, and 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 not only have I witnessed it personally, uh, I bring correction to it. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I am one. I, you know, unfortunately, and I hate to even say it, but again, in transparency, mm-hmm. I was one that was bullied. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing mm-hmm. up, I, I, I'm not too shame. I would make all their names out of the show, but no, <laughs> I, I was bullied. I was, and so now I'm an advocate mm-hmm. uh, of the underdog, as we call it, and that's not to be used in as a negative connotation. I'm that advocate. So uh, as I walk the streets, you know, mm-hmm. I walk the streets. Whether I'm in New York or whether I'm in Europe, I walk the street like I own it. Like this is my street, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> right, know? right. So I, I walk with my head up. I, it is a sign of not only my confidence, but it is a sign of my believability within me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my work. I know my content. I know what I'm bringing to the table, even in walking your streets right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I notice that uh, specifically here in Italy, mm-hmm. when when Africans are walking down the street and Italians are walking down the streets, the Africans will yield mm. the street. Africans will yield the streets. So go back mm. to America in the that's 60s. That's 1960. I was going to say that's, say, night, that's early 60s. 60s where, where they will move off the sidewalk because Italians are coming through. And I will bogar straight through you. So if you if you look at it from that standpoint, in the 60s, we had the Jim Crow. And be, well, sure. in, in between, you know, post-slavery and 1968 or Voting Rights Act, so, you know, that time frame, there was a, there was a different... Um, there was a uns- there was on the books as well as unspoken rules to that, and what that so is that different than what you're seeing now? Because is there the same type of Jim Crow? I guess or uh, stated in many aspects. Yes, in mm. many aspects there is. Is it is it Here, implied or yeah? Go ahead. Where, go ahead. Where we were considered three fourths of a human being, true, uh, by the American standard. Mm-hmm. Here, they know that they are not Italian citizens. Mm. Therefore, they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Mm, okay. So uh, even if they're working towards um, their citizenship, mm-hmm. they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about educated uh, 
you know, dual or right. or a multiple language speaking individuals uh, that I've encountered, and I would stop saying, "Come here, come here, <laughs> right? Know, hold your head up, right? Your right. Head up. You know, and this, this is me on any given day walking down the street. Lift your head up. You know, I always remind them, you're royalty. Mm-hmm. You are royalty. Hold your head up. You know, and I'm 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 like that old church person coming like, mm, get your head up. Right. <laughs> hold your head up. You don't hold your head down. Right. What's, what's, they're like, what, you know, oh, you know, I, I don't want to. No. Mm, bump all that. Hold so, your head up. So just to pose that to what, because the, the exact same thing that you're telling an individual that is in Italy or overseas as it relates to keeping your head up is the same thing that we that I've seen and we've seen and we've done together told our you know compadres of color the same thing but what's interesting there's a different amount of dignity or shame as it relates to I would imagine the shame of a African in Italy you're telling to keep their head up is vastly different than the shame of these people that are our age that you're telling to keep their head up can you can you just oppose that or talk about that there there is a difference and you know uh, there's a a great book that I would recommend to, to all of your listeners um, I love reading it, and specifically there are certain authors that I love to read. One is called The Gift in You by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Okay. The Gift in You. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always share with individuals the message that there is a gift inside of you. There is, um, as I stated earlier, there's royalty right. inside of you. Uh, the problem, I believe, is here, uh, here in Europe, mm-hmm. They're not even, well, I think it's the same as America. They're not even aware. Mm. They can't even recognize mm. the gift that is inside of them because society, life, whatever you, you know, has beat them down so mm-hmm. much that they don't recognize that there's something special. There's something unique. And when God created them, he wired them with something mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. accomplish in the earth. Mm-hmm. Life is, is so uh, hard combative to them and hard on them mm-hmm. they can't even see that What's within cr- themselves and so I, mm-hmm. I share it all the time What's you know? crazy to go back to that shame our shame or you know African American shames are steeped in in uh, 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 slavery. Now, what's interesting, sure. that shame, because we were brought here. Now, that shame, as it, you know, I'm just thinking when you're talking, that shame is steeped on having to leave a home for safety and being and being unwanted in, a, in an area. There's a difference. The there. There's, a va- there's a vast difference in that. Absolutely. Right. We're both and, unwanted. And, 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 but but see, that's where that's where we differ in regards to being in America, to mm-hmm. being in Europe. Mm-hmm. So they look at me saying this, going off the point you just made of right. them feeling unwanted here, and I tell them, no, you know this, this is you know there's opportunity here. There's da 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 da. Right, right. And they're like, listen, you're a singer, you're an entertainer. Right. They right. want you here. Right. They don't want me. <laughs> and and it causes me to to wake up to the reality of the point they're making, mm-hmm. but and and I stress that, mm-hmm. but you either can succumb to that statement i'm one that wakes up every day to the possibilities of what can be instead mm-hmm. of settling for what mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and that, again that's a yeah. message that i'm i'm yeah. speaking here in europe as well that's just, it's, it's just interesting because i 
once again, you know more than I would know because I've I've yet to to make this trip. Um, I've been out of the country, but I haven't made it over that way. And in my assumption, in reading James Baldwin, in reading you know Tina Turner, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. that in the third set. In reading about Tina Turner, uh, Josephine Baker, uh, yes. W. Du Bois, Nina all these yes. right, Nina Simone. So reading about all that, and like I said, we're going to talk about it later. What I hear, what I hear, what you're stating that, and as it relates to this thing called blackness globally especially when we're talking specifically about Italy right now, there's still a, there's still an idea of shame there. And it depends on, like you stated with your second point, depend on where an individual is from. If it's a Absolutely. American black Absolutely. versus an African black, it's a vastly different uh, uh, awareness. Is, is, Can I, is, is that right? Different. Am I saying and, that and right? I, I, have, I have now associated myself with, uh, there's quite a large number of Americans mm-hmm. who are- Expert. Patriots, are right? Black, yeah. No, but but the live here, watch this, and are still American citizens. Mm, like my sister. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm blown away. Uh, Harold Bradley, I would call him by name. Harold Bradley, mm-hmm. who is who is uh, a former Cleveland Browns player. I, mm-hmm. I, I took a picture. I met him this summer. Okay. I took a photo with him. He played for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I never, ever, ever knew the Cleveland Browns won a Super Bowl, but it was yeah, before, they actually started, <laughs> before they actually started Super Bowls. Uh, but he, he, he played for them. Mm-hmm. He is considered the father of gospel music in Italy. Get out of here. Really? Played for the Browns. 1964. Played for the Browns. I, I met him. No kidding. He came to, he came to Italy uh, after serving in the military. Right. And uh, stayed here for a long time, then went back. Okay. And I looked at him, I said, why in the world? Wait, he went back in 1968. That's important. Yeah, yeah. I said, why yeah. in the world would you go back? 1968. <laughs> at 68, he said, well, my family was still here. Moved back in 1980 and has been here ever since. Nice. And so I was asking, you know, like, how is it that you were able to become an Italian citizen? He said, I'm an American citizen. I vote in every election. Right. Exactly. Blew me away. There you go. Blew me away that he's been here this long, has have lived a a very successful life here in Italy as an actor, as, you know, a forerunner on the music scene. Mm -hmm. Um, but very successful. And, and, and so in this group of individuals mm-hmm. that I have encountered and surrounded myself with that are American citizens mm-hmm. that are black, mm-hmm. you know, we don't we don't look at it at the situation of, oh, we're not wanted here. They are worshipped here. Right. That's what. It, and so we, let's take a break worshiped. and we're going to come back to that point. And I'm going to ask a specific question as it relates to the list of individuals that I just stated, as well as the individuals that or individuals that, you know, that are not expats. Um, and I explain, you know, my sister's idea. But once once we come back, so we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Unapologetically Black. Come back, unapologetically black. I'm E. King. We got Dr. Eric B. Turner on the line, and we uh, we're gonna finish talking about that idea of uh, possible expats or and or individuals that are still citizens that's choosing. So I went down a whole list of people prior. So uh, I'm gonna start with my sister. My sister, uh, graduate of Ohio State University. My ha- my half sister, graduate graduate of Ohio State University. Went to uh, college, uh, master's degree in Australia, and currently living somewhere in England. Wow. Um, so she's she's one that has has decided not to come back. Now I went through W. Du Bois. We went through Josephine Baker. We Nina Simone, uh, James Baldwin. All these individuals that have chosen 
to leave America, especially, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy B and also W and all of them Cho and even Tina Turner right now to this day, yes. who's cho who's yes. chose not to go back. Now, the question that I have for you, and we just talked about the juxtapose of Africans or, or other peoples of color as it relates to American. Is there a benefit to being an American black overseas? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> here, here's the here's the one comment thread that runs throughout Europe that I hear from people. And I need you to understand people are not just talking, they're okay. coming to me with tears in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And here's the statement right here. Mm -hmm. I've prayed. I've prayed, oh how I wish to be black. And I look at him like, no, you don't. <laughs> And it sounds funny. Is it trendy? Is that is that a, is that a trendy oh, idea of black, or is that listen, an like seriously? Me, come on, let now. me do a you let me do a show here. I just I just played the mm -hmm. Cotton Club Roma oh, here, oh. And, and this is a coveted club. Like everybody, a, it was wants a coveted club in, in America. The, what you talking? Absolutely, <laughs> but they want to play the Cotton. Before my show ended, the owner came back and said, "Would you please do two more shows?" Mm. I said, really? You give, me the, you give this, me two more checks? I got you, but go ahead. <laughs> this, this club is very difficult to book. Right. He says, we, it was already a sold-out show. We okay. want you for two more shows. Wow. Some of my black uh, American friends uh -huh. who live here in Italy, they said, how in the world did you book the Cotton Club? I'm like, mm -hmm. mm. I'm just glad I'm going. Make sure right. you catch my next show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here's the thing. Uh -huh. There are so many people that come to me just because they associate this music mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with being black. Oh, the I gospel mean, music. I mean, Let's be specific. They, no, you're... no, 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 okay. So, yeah, let me, let me clear that up. Yeah, so clear that clear up for me, because I thought my, it was, go ahead. When my group is here, when my group is here, mm, I do gospel. Got you, got you. That's the only time I do gospel. Got Everything you. else is soul music, and now, uh, starting this summer, a producer brought me over uh, to Austria, okay. I've now entered the house music world because mm. house music is huge here in Europe. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, I I released one song. Shout out to Detroit and Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I released one song, which was a a remake mm -hmm. of a 1988 CC Rogers song. I mm -hmm. released a song called uh, "Someday." Yeah, just about world peace and all yeah, of that. Yeah, released it instantly. Got 14 songs. Did my follow up. Mm -hmm. uh, original which is called the sermon mm -hmm. uh and all i'm doing is talking <laughs> on the on the track up to uh, i'm now booked for 27 shows that's just how wow. but i also do soul music right um i have a soul music project that's coming out in america that's mm -hmm. you know look look for that to come out next okay. year okay uh through movies that's coming out through movies oh shut and, and then it'll hit within the uh, within the music, uh, digital music right. platform. The downloads. But right. they hear the music, they hear the gospel, they hear the soul, they hear the blues, they hear jazz. These are the shows that I do here, and they just fall in love, and they attribute that style with the color. Mm. Okay. That makes, I mean, no, I, not, get I get it. I get it. Them. I get right, it. Right, right. I'm not going to correct them in that. But the reality is, anyone. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual thing to me. It's right. really not a color thing. Uh, that's not to take away from our right. roots or those that have been prominent in right. it. But I, I believe if you have the spirit for jazz, you can do jazz. If you have the spirit of gospel, you can do it. Um, but they look at it, and I'll never forget the first person in Pisa, mm -hmm. a good friend of mine, my musical director, actually. His father just cried, and he said, I have prayed 
for God to make me black. And I'm looking like, no, you know. Right. So <laughs> like, I'm so go, I'm gonna go uh, back. You know. I'm gonna go back to that point because uh, so during World War One, World War Two, being black, you know, a lot of a lot of the racisms that individuals were you know, that was permeated with on the bases and within where we had European bases were propagated by white, by white soldiers. And so as they went out into the, the cities, the towns or what, you know, what they call them, they would bring in that racism. And so black individuals or black soldiers were looked at as novelties as a related to from what individuals were, were taught within the towns and whatnot, because they were, you know, the racist individuals were spreading lies. Now, what I hear, what I want to separate is the benefit of being black and the novelty of being black. Yes, sir. Because there, that, that is, that's a thing in America. And that's, and that's, and I'm pretty, and that's a thing in Europe. And I'm pretty Sure. sure. How, how are you separating that or able to, to navigate that between the benefits of being a black American and the novelties of being a black American? Well, I get the opportunity. I'm really grateful for it. Uh, I have taught at the University of Pisa mm-hmm. uh, this summer. I was a guest lecturer there and uh, I do master class almost in every country that I go to. And when I start speaking of this spiritual experience versus mm-hmm. an encounter. That's mm-hmm. a whole section that I do. Right. Uh, an experience versus an encounter. Um, I deal with that, uh, not in the label or the terms that you're putting it, but, you know, let, let me get the opportunity to work with you musically. I can show you how you can do this. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I, I pull from their emotional side. So necessarily where I didn't see it during our days at Akron, mm-hmm. I see it plain and clear. I never saw how all of my degrees, uh, four in total, I never saw how they were all going to culminate mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. culminate within my purpose. I mm-hmm. didn't see it. Uh, but, but I, I do masterclass and I make it, you know, a uh, bit psychological and I draw them in with the music. And so I will go to a place of pain mm-hmm. with an individual. I'll find that place through psychological exercises. I'll find that place of pain and then teach them to sing a spiritual. Mm-hmm. And they kill it every time. Nice. They, they do it every time because spirituals were born from a pace, place of pain. Okay. Now, is it the same pain that, that we as a people endured? No, mm-hmm. not at all. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that they cannot transfer that pain into their song. Mm-hmm. And so I teach them how to use their emotions, how to use their past. Um, I am one as a as a psychologist. I don't believe anything bad can happen to us. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll collect some enemies with that. I don't believe anything <laughs> bad happens to you. I believe that everything that happens to you in your life is happening to redirect you into your purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it may look bad while you're going through it, but I believe that it's all going to work together for your good. Now, I stand by that without fear of contradiction. Okay. And so even those things that we have endured as a people, if you choose to take that in as negativity, as bad, then that's what it is for you. Gotcha. gotcha. I choose to use that as fuel to fuel me forward. Okay. So because of this, this, this idea, and this is where, so this is where the, I, to where, uh, I'm going to put your feet to the fire and probably some other people that, you know, that have put your feet to the fire. So, it, we 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 have a nation of black individuals here that are lacking an idea of one identity. That's why we asked yes. you know the question in the beginning and, and how this blackness is celebrated or not celebrated. And 
outside of the trend. The question that I have for you, and the question that if uh, if I could talk to Tina Turner, if I, uh, my sister, if you know, she she's she really don't want to answer this question. Um, James Baldwin, all these other individuals, you're you're over there, and you're getting you're get you're gaining this greatness and this fuel of greatness. How are you bringing that back? and to help the individuals that are here now let me go ahead and say it's not your responsibility to do so everybody must do their own but how are you bringing back that that feeling of greatness that is celebrated there but needs to be uh uplifted here you know i have a quote and again Uh, I appreciate you for saying that it's not my responsibility but i believe it is Mm -hmm. Uh, i have a quote that i use either You know, everyone has not been made to adhere your advice. Mm -hmm. True. True. People have to have a willing mind, a willing spirit Mm -hmm. to want to get better, to want to raise up, to want to uh, reach that place uh, called greatness or living their best life. Everyone doesn't want to. Right. Uh, But for those that want to, it all starts in your mind where I do what I do here in Europe. Mm-hmm. You can have that same freedom and liberty right there in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. if you so choose it. Uh, one of my books that I read yearly while I'm over here just to uh, reboot, if you will, mm-hmm. is The Power of the Subconscious Mind by okay. Joseph Murphy. Mm-hmm. Love this book because I <clears throat> I understand that who you may see is not necessarily who I am. The actions that I've done just earlier today does not define who I am. Mm-hmm. I am who I say I am. Right. And, and so that idea is therefore uh, embellished. It is made greater. It is made fat mm-hmm. here in mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, the I am factor. Let's let's look at that. Who was the first person to say Muhammad Ali was the greatest? Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> he was the first. Who was the first person to say to James Brown James was Brown. the greatest? Right. James, James Brown. Brown. And guess what the world did? The world followed their lead. Okay. Okay. So my question that I always ask people that I'm asking your listening audience to ask themselves, who are you saying you are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who are you? Who are you saying that you are? Who do you believe that you are? Because you are necessarily right now, right this second, you're becoming who you believe you are. Right. And if you believe what 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 social media, what the American media um, or the American culture, American society is saying that you are, mm-hmm. if that's what you believe, then that's what you are. That's what you're going to be. But I don't fall in that category. Right. I don't adhere to what America says about me. I don't adhere to it. If I could, I, I won't even hold this a secret. Mm-hmm. Majority of you that know me know this to be true. If I could today, I would move to Europe. Right. Right. I would move to Europe if I did not. <laughs> uh, and I'll just throw this out there as a shameless plug. If I did not uh, sign the contract mm-hmm. to do this Broadway play, right. that I'm coming back to do. Uh, it's not a shameless play. That's the- <laughs> well, I'm th- I'm just throwing it in there. That's your but, greatness. But, but, but speaking honestly, Smash, that's the yeah. only reason I'm coming back to America. I can respect that. There's nothing about me. That nothing about my person, my family's there. My grandmother's right. 102 years old, right, right. there in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. And I, for the longest time, I allowed, you know, oh, well, grandma's still here. Grandma's still Okay, well, you know what? Grandma's going to be here. Grandma right. ain't going nowhere. She may right. be, <laughs> she right. may live longer than many of us <laughs> than what she's doing right now. Right. 
I respect I that. I respect that. What's best for me? I don't desire to come back to America. I really don't. And so this last point. So this this is the last point. And I want I want I want um we got a couple minutes and I want you know some simple thoughts on that. Quite frequently we ask we ask individuals or we talk about this I, this mindset of being culturally selfish versus individually selfish. And so when we're looking at that standpoint and we're trying to get individuals to be in America, be more culturally selfish. Is that just opposing what you're what you're saying as as what we sometimes ask individuals collectively in America come together? What you're saying is follow follow your dream and possibly by following your dream, you could bring some other people along. Or am I am I getting that right or help me out? I, I just question the whole thing of culturally selfish okay. first. I absolutely uh, ascribe to the the B clause of what you said. Got you. Follow your do you. Right. <laughs> You'll see that on many of my posts. Right. Do you. Right. Do you. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Do you. Right. Stop worrying about what everyone else feels about what you're doing. And for the longest time, mm-hmm. I allowed that to be a factor mm-hmm. to hold me mm-hmm. back. And mm-hmm. I'll use Founders Day to say, even my fraternity. <laughs> Is that today? Brother, that's a, that's a whole nother topic <laughs> for a whole nother day. But okay. Again, I I allow the idea of what the church to say, gotcha. or, or the church feels I should do this, mm-hmm. fraternity feels I should do this, gotcha. and my family felt, you know, and and because I'm well educated, I'm mm-hmm. going to show that I'm educated without using words that I gotcha. break my education curve down. <laughs> I'm over all of it. Right. I'm over it. <laughs> I don't give a happy ham sandwich <laughs> all right, about all right. other people's opinions of my life. We have not been made to live out of the confines of other people's opinions of our lives. All right. and, and with that, let the church say amen. Amen. All all right, done. Pass the offering, baby. Right. Pass, pass the offering, offering. plate. Right. <laughs> Give give out that information where they can reach you and they can come and connect with you via Facebook, social media, Twitter, whatever have you. Give them that information. Please, uh, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Dr. D-R, Eric, E-R-I-C, B, the letter B as in boy, Turner, T-U-R-N-E-R. My website, www com, which also links you to my email, I am. Um, says so I A M mm-hmm. um, at dot com and give out so you're you got a release coming up or you just released something yesterday or on that... all on all the uh, digital music platforms mm-hmm. uh, that's on again the house I have uh, a CD that's actually releasing okay. uh, this week but that's here in in Europe only this will be my third CD okay. here in Europe. Um, but in regards to the house, it is on all digital music platforms. Uh, cool. Eric B. Turner, uh, the song was Someday, and then on SoundCloud, uh, the sermon part one. But there are many, many, many others cool, cool. Uh, to come behind it. And then we'll have the Soul Music Project. You'll hear the voice before you see the face uh, in, in one of your local movies next year. Gotcha. Uh, three, to be exact. Three. And so I'm really, really excited about that. And then the Broadway show, uh, when is that? The Broadway show is called Rock and Roll Man. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, switched some dates around, uh, but it is looking. We're looking to start rehearsals in uh, around April, okay. and so rightfully so, it, the show then will start running in June. But I just received an email yesterday would say otherwise. But Rock and Roll Man, it will be cool. uh, on Broadway. 
uh, I am playing Fast Domino and <laughs> other characters. I love so, Fat. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a, uh, I've, I've wanted, I have written my Tony Award winning speech years ago <laughs> while still in Ohio. Uh, I think I finally will be able to pull that I out. Can't wait. I, I can't wait. I can't wait, man. All right, man. I well, I appreciate that. you coming so out. It's about the time to get up out of here. You're listening to Unapologetically Black. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all of wherever you go. I want to thank our guest, brother man, Dr. Eric B. Turner, psychologist, performer, thank you. pastor. Thank you for this opportunity. All that. All that. <laughs> thank I, you so much, say, man. What, who are you? I say I'm many things. Right. <laughs> our intro That's music. Oh, no sweat. Our intro music is The Black Republican by Nas featuring Jay-Z. And please join us next week for another episode of Unapologetically Black. Thanks for listening. Peace.